We are The Purposeful Project. We help entrepreneurs for free. Welcome to today's pep talk, where we'll take just 20 minutes to interview leading experts from around the world who share actionable know-how, insights and life lessons. To hear these incredible insights, follow us on Spotify, Apple Music or anywhere you listen to podcasts, or you can simply visit thepurposefulproject.com, sign up to our mailing list and get the podcast in your inbox every single week. So welcome, Will, to the podcast. Thank you so much for joining us. I wonder if we could kick off the podcast by you kindly telling the audience a little bit about yourself. Hi, uh, thanks for having me. My name is Will and I am the heart of Makto, also known as the founder of Makto. So our company actually manufacture uh, chili paste, Malaysian chili paste to be exact. And I started a company uh, right after uni and the idea actually came about when I was... Um, working on my dissertation on a really cold winter's day and it was snowing outside, missing my mom's um, chili paste. And right after that, I thought, mm, why not turn it into a business from there on? And that's how I got to where I am today. Wow, it's a, it's a great way to start a business. You, you, you missed something and you created it. So tell us a little bit about the process. So you make it sound so simple. Was it, um, was it a lot of investment up front? How did, how did you actually make it happen? Um, I would say it's all thanks to the university itself. Um, I enrolled in, um, so when I was in uni, I don't um, socialize that much. So I don't go up to the pub with people. So I thought of, okay, why not let me do something with my life? <laughs> go join a club that I could just sit at the side and listen to talks or lectures. So that's what I did. I went to an entrepreneurship talk about um at that time, I think it was called a social innovation lab, What it was a challenge on creating a social enterprise. So I went on to that and I fell in love with it. Then after that, the university got in touch saying, oh, Will, we are interested in your dissertation on musical learning at that time. And they were saying, like, would you like to turn it into a business? And I was like, um, yeah, why not? Let's try it out. And that's how everything started. So I started off with my first business, which is uh, doing music consulting, which I still am doing it. Um, but that business has turned into a more of a, a seasonal business because we got an influx of students coming in during the um, summer and winter period. And that's when I think, okay, I've got a bit of time, extra time here. So what do I do? Then I thought, hmm, I love food. So let's start my chili paste business and since then i don't even have enough time to poo so yeah that's uh that that's um too much information but also quite funny <laughs> i think the um i guess the process of uh building a company is, is 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 a fascinating one for our listeners but i know you went on dragon's den and yeah. uh, pitched your business and i i loved the episode you were in and um and of course sarah davis invested in you so tell us a little bit mm -hmm. about that experience so dragon's den ah uh, where do i start um i've always known that we need some um, PR behind our brand in order to get it out there. And I never know how to get it, how to get around that um, being on national TV and such. So it was actually through doing um, shows like, uh, for example, like food festivals that were, uh, we meet customers telling us, well, you should go on to Dragon's Den. At that time, I have no clue, no idea what is Dragon's Den. I don't have a TV tool today. Um, so I don't watch that much of TV. And then they said, oh, you should go on Dragon's Den. So I thought to myself, okay, there's nothing to lose. So why not apply to it? And lucky enough, I got through to the audition. And then when I was in, 
um, the studio for recording at that time. Oh, that was nerve-wracking. So uh, we have to wake up in um, at five in the morning, get into the studio by six, and then wait in the green room. They don't tell you who's next. And we just kept waiting till around like half seven in the evening. Then that was my turn. So Wow, um, all day. Yeah. You, you're there all day. That's amazing. Yeah, all day without knowing who's up next. Oh, that was scary. But um, you... You sort of feel really anxious in the first two hours, and then after that, you're just like, okay, this is going nowhere, right? So, yeah. So, so you, um, again, this is things people don't know, I guess, behind the scenes on shows like Dragon's Den. So, just see uh-huh. you pop on, but you were 7, 7 p.m. at night, and, and you pitched the idea. And so, um, so, you got Sarah Davis invested. What happened next? Did you, did you meet up, and how did it all play out after Dragon's Den? So right after Dragon's Den, um, there was a lot of um, things that people don't know about, which is going through the due diligence part. That was a um, a really challenge, big, uh, big challenge, because uh, you have to get all the paperwork in place. Because bear in mind, when you are in the den, nobody knows. All the investors don't know who you are, and they are only hearing your pitch and looking at your business side, uh, business plan uh, at a brief in like in ten minutes. So right after that, you go through a lot of due diligence with their team of financial experts and with their investors as well, and. Right after that, um, once everything gets um, signed off, then you start working with your investor to grow. And did it have the effect on the marketing? Did, was, was Dragon's Day one of those key moments for you? Or what would you say were the key moments in, in your success? I think it is Dragon's Den is the start of my entire journey, I would say. Because um, a lot of people have this misconception thinking that, oh, going on to Dragon Stand, you'll become a millionaire straight away. It doesn't work that way. You still have to put in a lot of hard work. And even if, even with Sarah on board, she's got a wealth of experience and knowledge that, that she always shared with me, with me. But then the thing is, it's still up to me to drive the business forward. It's still a lot of hard work behind it. So when people start asking, like, Will, are you like on your champagne on a private jet right now it's like no no way even close yet <laughs> still driving my little car <laughs> <laughs> well um jeff bezos was still driving his 15 year old car when he was worth 10 billion so it's one of those things i think as you quite rightly point out that it, it, a lot of people misunderstand the entrepreneur journey and uh, mm. but yeah you make a valid point there it's 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 not all sitting back and drinking champagne there's lots of work to do and it's it is only you that can do it but having people mm. around you like sarah to support you is is certainly something i think that um, a lot of people um, would like to have right so so after dragons den um you you you, you i guess you you get some of the marketing you deserve what what's the next big thing that happens to you I think right after Dragon's Den itself, um, we started to explore on different side of my strength in the business and how I could actually propel the business using what um, that's not really explored in my area. So, for example, doing more like video contents on YouTube and going on to TV shopping channels, which I have no clue what that was. I only watch it because my mom watched it when I was younger, but I don't know who watched it. <laughs> but um, I'm glad that Sarah managed to push me into this kind of thing. It, it taught me how to um, be a bit more shameless in front of the camera and looking back to all my previous works and seeing 
pinpointing what sort of um, things I could improve on in those kind of videos. I like a lot of us don't like to look back on our videos, especially once we posted it. Um, we get quite cringy. I cringe every time when I look at myself. But I think that was the biggest advice that um, the best advice that Sarah gave me was to go back, look at it over and over again, pinpoint which part that you can improve better so that you can keep doing greater stuff that your audience want to see. I think this is great advice for the people listening, actually. You know, you, you definitely should go back and review yourself and be critical and try to find ways to improve. And I can relate to your point. I hate looking at videos of myself, um, but <laughs> but I force myself to do it in a critical way as, as if I'm someone watching it for the first time. You know, what would I think and what would you do? So, you know, you have to overcome those things. Now, you've been very open about things like social anxiety. How have you managed to to deal with with things like that when it when getting in front of the camera for example going mm -hmm. on dragons then these these are these are potentially very high stress moments right yeah um so i'm very lucky because i have a, a degree and a master's in psychology so i learn a, a lot more about myself through that um, one of it is through um teaching myself to uh, what's that word again symbolic representation that's right so what it means is i i sort of use my pots and pans at home uh, when i was younger like teddy bears and pretend those are my audience and then talk in front of them and that's how i learned how to do public speaking and such but um that's the first one that i've learned and the second one was um I have a positive correlation um, between sugar rush and shamelessness. So the more sugar I take, the more high I get and the more shameless I get. So I learned that before any presentation that I do, I need at least two mouthfuls of sh sugar or honey. That's oh, wow. Wow, that's an interesting yeah. one. I mean, it's uh, it, it definitely. I think I guess that you need something to push you through those difficult moments, right? I guess that's that's your that's your yeah. version of it. But um, but yeah, I mean, is it, is it something you feel you can overcome, or is it something you just learn to live with? I don't think you can overcome entirely with social anxiety. It's been a part of me since the. Um, since a very young age. And I think what you can do is learn how to maneuver, learn how to adapt with it, learn how to grow with it. I think that's the more, um, that's the more correct term to use here. Mm. Cause um, I think jumping onto entrepreneurship itself is a huge uh, leap for someone with social anxiety. At first I thought I could just sit behind my computer and do orders all day long but then it doesn't work like that and entrepreneurship sort of taught me how to adapt in the ever-changing environment and then how to learn to love myself for all the imperfections that i have mm, it's a nice way of putting it i think i can i can relate to the i personally have dyslexia and so um i've also come to terms with it and uh, managed to understand it better myself and I often describe it as a superpower. It's actually what makes you different. Uh, ironically, mm -hmm. the very thing you don't want people necessarily to spot that's different about you later in your life, I feel like it's in fact a superpower, right? So, I mean, yeah. I, that, for me, I got quite emotional in your Dra Dragon's Den pitch. Personally, I got quite emotional because I, I really felt what you were feeling, even though I don't have personally social anxiety, you know, I, I do, I think everyone has something that they perhaps perceive as their weakness 
or mm. especially when you're young, you perceive as something that you've, like I've described, overcome it. And, and what you're saying there, which I really like, is this concept of embracing it almost, you know, and accepting mm-hmm. it. And I think that's, that's a really good message and uh, something, again, I can relate to. Now, I know your business is uh, about to have a birthday. It's four uh, years old, so congratulations there. Thank you. If, you. if you went back to the beginning and, and started this business again, is there anything you would do differently teaching my audience about how to build a business? Do you mean like how would I do it differently? Yeah, is there anything you would you would do differently now you've had four years of building this amazing brand? Is there anything if you you know look back and say, well, maybe if I'd done this and you know, this earlier, or maybe for example, raise money earlier, maybe mm-hmm. for example, started the marketing earlier? Is there anything you feel like you would have done differently? Yeah, so it's the proof. Once I've got my proof of concept, I should have raised capital straight away. So that's what I would do differently because um, I want to increase my um, SKUs, the amount of products that I um, am able to offer people, invest a bit more in marketing and invest in people. Because a lot of the time, uh, being a solopreneur when at the very start, um, I thought I could do and handle everything. I thought I was the Superman, but... <laughs> in fact, I'm a super failure in the beginning. <laughs> I fail a lot, uh, learn a lot from it. But um, I think always have to remember when what is your strength and what is your weaknesses. Understanding that part is quite important. So that is what I will definitely invest a lot on, which is people. And the next thing is to get a co-founder that is the strength to all my weaknesses. Mm. Do you have a co-founder today? I have my co-founder is actually my cousin, but then uh, we work on a sort of an unspoken term where um, he does a full-time job to fund the growth of the company. And I do this full-time so that we can sort of propel it even further because um, we the difference between me and a lot of entrepreneurs out there is that we don't have our parents' home to go back to. And we are here in the UK on our own and we have to build something for ourselves. And I think this is the best way that we could. It's it's more like he's doing the sacrifice on this um, on his job side of things to fund a business. And I'm sacrificing my time and effort to build something so that one day the both of us can reap the benefits out of it. Mm, I, I think this is actually a really inspirational insight here. I think for a lot of people that want to start a business, you know, it's often like, OK, quit your job and start right which which is something by the way i say quite a lot but i I think Mm -hmm. what i really like about this point you're making here and the way you're doing it is is this kind of concept that there is many ways to make a business work and everyone's got different circumstances what i really love about the point you're making here will is there's many routes for people to start a business and many people Mm -hmm. have uh, different circumstances so actually for myself i often advocate you know you quit your job and 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 just start but what i really like about what you've just described there in, in, and thank you for being so kind of open about it is this concept that actually you know in in a team of building a business people play different roles in your case mm-hmm. your co-founder is is working to bring in money to make the business happen and i think that's really interesting actually because because a lot of the time people will not start their dream business because they say they don't have any money and maybe they just haven't thought about it like you're thinking about it if there's a way i guess to hustle it right and yeah. so yeah, it's really, really fascinating. And, and so, you know, do, but do you sometimes find that you you wish you were both full time? There, there must be days you know, when when's that going to happen? Or is it is it just accepted that that's the way it's going to be until the business is, is fully where you want it to be? Yeah, I think um, we we know that it takes time to build something. 
and then we are um, ready to make um, that type of sacrifice when it comes. So one thing that um, it's important to mention is that a lot of people don't understand that entrepreneurship is not having a lot of money all most of the time. And you have to be quite uh, thrifty on a lot of things that you do. So, for example, um, me and Shang, we even almost went uh, homeless one time because of the um, distress that we're facing and things like that. And then um, just before Dragon's Den, why it was so emotional is also because um, it was just exactly a week. Uh, it was on my grandfather's um, funeral that I can't attend at all because of... Um, cash issue that we don't take a money from we don't take a salary from the business so um, it's all these things that comes into play but do we regret doing all this i don't think so because i think what we're doing right now is building a future not just for us but also for our loved ones and one day hopefully they won't have to go through this um, kind of journey but if they want to go ahead <laughs> happily uh, supporting you to do that but we just want to provide a better life for our family, I would say. I think this is, you know, if I'm not careful, Will, you're going to get me emotional again because the way you describe <laughs> things, I don't know why it triggers me a bit. But, um, you know, you're, you're mentioning something here that I think is really important nuance-wise for people that want to start a business to understand. And my, my version of what you said, my translation of what you said is that at the end of the day, starting your own business will have very difficult times and there might be times when you know like you say i mean i had a similar situation i had to sleep in my office for a while you know like mm. it's not easy and but in a way in that pain comes joy and almost yeah. in in that difficult moment the that that's what makes the success even sweeter right and so you mm. kind of I, I, it's a bit like you were saying, we we're saying earlier about social anxiety or dyslexia in my case. Actually, these things can end up being the very, the very hard moment you had can end up being the very thing that makes you happy later. Mm -hmm. in, in a I weird totally twist agree. of fate, right? Mm -hmm. And if people don't feel that low, they can't enjoy the high. That's my, that's my version of it, right? And so now, as your business is doing so well, you're, do, you know, you're growing it, it's going where you want it to go, you look back almost at those times and we're almost, almost with some sort of fondness, right? almost like appreciation, isn't it? That's another word yeah. for it, right? So, so, so do you think I translated it right, what you're, trying, what you're saying there? Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. Because like, um, one thing that um, I always, um, I'm a bit critical on the, things that I do. So I always feel that, oh, I'm not doing good enough in this field and things like that. Uh, but then looking back to how we first started everything else, where we just cooked everything in our kitchen and then cry every night because of the amount of onions that we have to cut. Oh my God, Simon, I tell you that onions, like regardless of how, how many types of uh, remedy you find on the internet, you will still cry regardless. So um, yeah, the amount of onions we cut, the whole house smelling like curry, chili paste all the time. And to some right now, we could manufacture them in bigger batches and then we don't really have to go into the factory that often. Just things, just these little, little things that makes me feel that, okay, we're doing something right. And it, it's just quite fulfilling in a way. Oh, no, I mean, I can, I can so relate to your, your uh, point here. Do, do you think there's any particular personality trait that, that you have that's, kind of kept you going is it is this your were your family uh, entrepreneurs is it, where, where have you got this kind of grit from what's made you kept going 
my parents, both of them are in textile industry. So um, they they were entrepreneurs themselves, but then um, because of um, co- bad co-founders, is it bad co-founders? I don't know, but um, they got cheated with their money and then they went bankrupt and things like that. So uh, that was a tough one. So they didn't really wanted me to do business. They'd rather me to just go and uh, get a job, and, but that's not me. So I think the the difference between me and a lot of people is I love the challenge and I love to learn new things. I don't mind failing. So if I fail today, um, I learn why I failed today so I can be better tomorrow. So, yeah. Well, I, I, again, I concur. I think I always tell people you, 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 it's, it's a lot harder to start a business of your own. But over time, if you, if you keep going, it does get easier. Whereas if you, if you start work for someone else, it's easy at the beginning, but gets harder over time. Uh, so there's something really interesting in, in, in what you're talking about there. But I also think it's fascinating to look at history, you know, your, 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 fam, your family and the co-founder and having that experience of going bankrupt also probably makes you quite resilient, right? That's gone into your subconscious, hasn't it? That you'll, you'll keep fighting, probably like yeah. they had to. Because mm-hmm. I, I know how hard they work to provide us with uh, food and shelter. And even through that uh, difficult times, they did all they could they weren't at home most of the time so i had my sisters uh, that took care of us but then i understood why they were doing that and i just want to make sure that that is something that my niece nephew and even my future kids will never have to experience because it, it was really tough on not just um, the emotional side of things but the entire um, relationship between my parents they had to argue every day because of that which i find it cool I understand why they went through that phase, but then it's just something that I wouldn't want to see my um, my younger generation to feel that way. Will, um, you are an inspiration, and I love Thanks. what you're doing. I want to thank you for taking time out to share your thoughts, insights um, with, with me and the audience today. And, and for anyone that wants to buy your um, products well, of course we'll put the links in the broadcast notes below but where, where can people grab your product from right now so they can get it from our website that's mattalk.com or through ocado or amazon we're on amazon prime so <gasps> very fast <laughs> delivery very fast delivery so go go buy will's uh, amazing amazing product and uh, will again thank you so much for taking the time to share your knowledge with us today thank you for having me simon Thank you for listening to Pep Talk today, powered by The Purposeful Project. If you found it interesting, please give us a review and follow us. In addition, you can sign up to our website and get loads more free entrepreneur knowledge, as well as get access to Pep Talk and The Purposeful Project podcast direct in your inbox every week.